Two miles east of Jerusalem, on the southeastern slope of the Mount of Olives, is the ancient village of Bethany, a small collection of rough houses surrounded by fig, olive, and almond trees. One of those houses belongs to a man named Lazarus, who lives with his sisters, Mary and Martha. It's here that Jesus stays with his dear friends when going to and coming from Jerusalem. And it's here that Jesus will raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus became seriously ill. Listen to the story in John 11, verses 4 to 8. This is the New Living Translation. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived in Bethany, Lazarus had been dead for four days. He was wrapped like a mummy, just as Jesus would be after his death a few weeks later. Large quantities of spices were put on strips of cloth, and the strips were wrapped around his body. The ancient Israelites learned that from the Egyptians during the hundreds of years they lived in Egypt. Martha and Mary led Jesus to Lazarus' tomb. A crowd of mourners, family, friends, and neighbors followed Mary from the house to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. John eleven forty to 43 continues. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus hobbled out of the tomb. John 11.44 in the New King James Version explains, And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Lazarus was alive after being dead for four days, but he was not yet free. The smell of death was still on him, and he was bound hand and foot with strips of linen coated with spices. I want you to see this. Bethany was a small village. They probably all knew Lazarus. His neighbors, friends, and family unwrapped the grave clothes to finally set Lazarus free. Jesus didn't do it. His disciples didn't do it. The community Lazarus lived in loosed him and set him free from the death clothes wrapped around him. At some point, I'm sure, Lazarus helped unwrap himself, but he needed help. When we're born again, we're like Lazarus. Sin is death. Sin wraps around us again and again. It leaves us, as the scripture says, bound, hand and foot. Many scriptures describe mankind as slaves to sin. For example, John 8:34 and 2 Peter 2:19. Christians are made alive with Christ's love and forgiveness when we're born again. But we need help to break free from the grave clothes wrapped around us again and again by a lifetime of selfishness and sin. Many Christians accept Jesus as Savior, but never get rid of their grave clothes. They're hobbled by their grave clothes all their lives. Instead of the sweet fragrance of Jesus, these people have the stench of death on them. They're bound hand and foot by old attitudes, old soul wounds, old relationships, old ideas and beliefs from their past. 
They never break free from the influences of their sin, even though their sin has been removed and forgiven. In Let God Restore the Wasted Years of Your Life, I explained how Christians can become captive to Satan in different ways. We can be born again and waste our potential, waste our opportunities to grow and to do great things for God. God heals, restores, and completes us. When we're born again, our spirits are immediately and completely sanctified made holy, and set apart for God's purposes. But our souls, our minds, wills, and emotions are not. Our souls are sanctified, made holy, and set apart for God's purposes through a lifelong process. Romans 12, 1-2 explains the process. My Christian friends, God has been very kind to us. Because of that, I really want you to serve God with your whole life. Offer your bodies to Him like a sacrifice that continues to live. Serve Him with everything that you have, and that will please him. That's the true way to worship God. Do not become like the people who belong to this world, but let God completely change the way that you think so that you live differently. Then you will understand what God wants you to do. You'll know what's good. You'll know what pleases God, and you'll know what is completely right. Easy translation. The New Living Translation of Romans 12, 2 is this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We're transformed, completely and radically changed from the inside out by Holy Spirit as we renew our minds with the Word of God. He makes us like Jesus. Restoration is not a journey we can make alone. God knew we'd never be able to remove a lifetime of sin and selfishness by ourselves. He gave us Holy Spirit living inside us to guide us and to empower us. And God made us part of his body here on the earth, his congregation of believers. God uses other people in this process of healing and restoring all that has been stolen from you by Satan, your selfishness and your sin. Ephesians 4.16 in the Passion Translation says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we're built up and made perfect in love. The second step to let God restore the wasted years of your life is grow like God. Earlier I said that God is love. The second step is to grow God or to grow love. I think it's helpful just to think of this in terms of growing love. Specifically, love here is agape, the Greek word used to describe the unconditional, never-fading, never-failing, only-from-God love we are called to receive and to give God and others in the New Testament. For example, Matthew 22, 36-40. Agape is love that loves you no matter what you do. It's love that enables Jesus to forgive the viciously cruel soldiers who had taunted him, beaten him mercilessly, and mocked him as they put him to death in the most painful way imaginable. Agape is love that hates the sin and character flaws that are hurting you and I, while loving us with a purity and a passion that defies description. It's a love that enables you and I to love tenderly the broken, difficult people in our lives. And you know how hard that can be. Human love is transactional. It's, I'll love you if you're nice to me, but... If you hurt me, I'll stop loving you. I may even hurt you back. (laughs) That's human love. And that's selfish. That's all about me. Agape love isn't human love with more effort. 
I know a lot of Christians are trying harder. Stop it. (laughs) It's a strange thing to say. But stop trying harder. It's not that we need more human love. We need God's love. This is a love grown from a different seed, a divine seed. Agape love is the fruit which the Holy Spirit creates in us. We have to get this seed from God. And that's step one that we talked about in the last video, is know God and know love. Receive love from God. Once you experience God's love, you have a seed to begin with. Today's step is grow love. God's love is constant. It has always been there. He continues to touch us with his love. We receive God's love as we desire it and as we spend time with him. Love grows as we work the soil of our hearts. Read Matthew 13, the parable of the sower and the seed. God's word is the seed. We are the soil. Holy Spirit is the farmer. There's a life-changing principle here. Everything we receive from God comes in seed form. It grows through relationship with God and others. That means everything that we're looking for, all the things that we want to be restored, will not be restored in an instant. This will take time, and it's a process, and we have to work at it. Galatians 5, to 23 in the New Living Translation tells us Holy Spirit is the one who produces love in us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Through the transformation process, Holy Spirit plants and makes God's love grow in us. And that's how we break loose from the death clothes that bind us even after we're born again. Activation. Recognize that you have grave clothes. We all do. And commit to take off those grave clothes so you can put on love. The Romans 12 process of transformation will remove most of your grave clothes and replace them with Holy Spirit planting seeds of love in you. I'll talk more about that in future videos. Some things, however, may continue to keep you bound, even after years of being a Christian. Ephesians 4 says God gave us gifts to help us, Christian leaders and our brothers and sisters in Christ. Like Lazarus, you may need help. I did, and I still do. If you've been struggling with something from your past that you keep tripping over, go to someone in your church who loves you to get help. This can set you free, and God wants you to be free. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you for listening, and thank you for doing the activation to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Romans 12.1, New Living Translation.